0: For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit
1: our website. Good evening,
2: everyone. So... um several of you, of you were here at Ancient Dragon yesterday morning when Brooke Saporin spoke um, and uh, this is sort of um, a spin-off of that talk, I think. Uh, he, he talked about the Buddha nature of non-Sentient beings or he started off with that, which is kind of a Soto slogan, um, basic teaching. And then he took it in lots of directions uh, that all matter and all time include life or that there's no universe that can be discovered where there is not life at any rate um i'm not going to try and uh fully encapsulate all that brooke said he's a magnificent Chiantai scholar and many other things. Uh, I do recommend his talk. So when it's posted, please do check it out. What I wanna talk about tonight is non-attainment, which is in some ways a a practice or practical implication of what uh, Bro was talking about. So um, I'm gonna start with an old old, uh, story that Dogen repeats in his extensive record. Uh Chiantang Dawu asks Shuto, what is the essential meaning of Buddha Dharma? So Shuto or Sekito in Japanese is one of our great ancestors, the song of the grass that we just chanted is by him, as well as the harmony of difference and sameness for Sandokai. So here he is being asked, what is the essential meaning of Buddha Dharma? And um when I first came to Zen Center, my former teacher asked me to ask the teacher at the Zen Center that question. That <laughs> I can tell you later what, what the responses were. Anyway, Shuto said, not attaining, not knowing. Not to attain, not to know. That was then followed up. Beyond that, is there any other pivotal point or not, and Shitta said, the wide sky does not obstruct the white clouds drifting. So that's a wonderful Zazen instruction. Openness or spaciousness does not obstruct all of the um, cloud thoughts, all of the uh, word clouds that, that drift by, just as the wide sky does not obstruct all the white clouds that drift or drift around, and vice versa. The clouds don't obstruct the wide sky either. <clears throat> so, Dogen's brief comment not to attain, not to know, is Buddha's essential meaning. The wind blows into the depths, then further winds blow. So, this is very important. Our, the Buddha wind blows into the very depths, deep into. Our awareness, and then more winds blow. So another way to talk about not attaining or not knowing is not finishing. We never finish this practice. Um, he says the Dogen says the white sky does not obstruct the white clouds drifting. At that time, why do you bother to ask Shito? <laughs> so um, this not attaining, not knowing is very deep and it's sort of counterintuitive and certainly counters our consumerist attitudes about a lot of things. So um, there are spiritual uh, practices or traditions or even branches of Zen where the goal, the whole purpose and point is to attain, to reach some attainment. And I think this is a common kind of uh, human uh, sense, too. We want to attain something. We want to get something. Um, this is, you know, our consumerist culture. We want to um, acquire all the uh, wonderful things that we can see on television commercials or wherever. Um and even spiritually, we think that there is some something separate from us, somewhere out there, up on some mountaintop, or over in Japan, or out in California.
1: Attainment.
2: Being my internet connection is unstable, Hopefully, won't go away. Way. Um, so. This is this idea of not it goes through from Xiao to Dongshan, who the, the official founder of Saodong or, or the Chinese Soto, who talks about the burrs path, not uh, not seeing any particular stages in the path. He talks about not um, and non-gaining, not not attaining. And Dogen is talking about the zoo and of course Suzuki Roshi. After in America talked about not getting at it, so this not knowing is not getting somewhere else. It's not finishing. It's about this practice realization. Where, you know, it's it's hard not to imagine that there's something somewhere. Else. Someone's not here. Somewhere where. Um, Everything will be wonderful, and you know the problems of our world, and and each of our own problems will be solved. And you know we, it's it's kind of common that people come to spiritual practice with some problem. Of course, we all have problems. The whole world has many problems. Obviously, we think the point of spiritual practice is to solve problems. You now actually think that explicitly, but somewhere, there's some sense of that. So, this not not knowing, not even knowing what the problem is. Or, you know, maybe Dogen says, you know, please explore this. This is uh, such a deep quality of our consciousness to want to get something. So this is not just our consumerist culture here in uh, 20th century America, 21st century America. Anyway, um, and uh, so I was saying that there are traditions, spiritual traditions and and, and, uh, um, traditions, other branches of Zen where there is very strong um, encouragement to get something, to attain something. Uh, to attain Kensho. You know, Kensho is this idea of uh, some special experience, but actually Kensho is just the way things is. And in, in Japanese Rinzai, they say talk about Kensho as a verb, to Kensho each thing, to see through the heart of each thing. Okay. Um, so uh, I am going started to read this other uh, talk by Dogen, um, So I'll just read it. The family style of all Buddhas and ancestors is first to arouse the vow to save all living beings by removing suffering and providing joy. So this is our Bodhisattva vow. He says only this family style is inexhaustibly bright and clear. But I want to focus on the next part. In the lofty mountains, we see the moon for a long time. As clouds clear, we first recognize the wide sky. Cast loose down the precipice, the moonlight reflected in the streams shares itself within the 10,000 forms. So the point of our practice, uh, I'll, just to continue, even when climbing up the bird's path, and taking good care of yourself is spiritual power, Dogen says. So, um, this is the function of not attaining, not knowing. It's not about some personal attainment or even group attainment. It's about how we uh, see the white sky or taste the white sky. We don't attain it, we don't know it, but it it kind of gets into our bones in zazen, you know, our practice of sitting upright. yeah, so uh, we get some taste of it. We get some sense of it. But the point isn't to get that, attain that, acquire that. Again, our consumerist culture and our habit of consciousness of seeing things out there that we want to get, uh, get in the way. So um, the point is to share our particular taste of the sky with everyone. So, uh, I want to have some discussion, but I want to, you know, I have thought about this. Excuse me, can you hear? Okay. Yeah, so, thank you. Uh, So, um, I want to share um, well, I I started to say that uh, I've thought about this non-attaining, not knowing as, a, particularly as Soto Zen family style, but actually goes much further. So I've been studying uh, with my teacher, Tension Rev. Anderson. And um, in this text, it quotes the Prajnaparamita Sutra, the long sutra, which is a basic sutra about emptiness. So I'll... Uh, um, I'll read this section from the Sutra. If one practices the pure precepts without eagerly seeking some result from the precepts, this is known as not greedily seeking to use the precepts to obtain the objects of desire. I'll read that again. If one practices the pure precepts without eagerly seeking some result from the precepts, this is known as not greedily seeking to use the precepts to obtain objects of desire. Also, the sutra continues, it is not addictively seeking to use the precepts to obtain a place of superior retribution within life and death or within samsara. So again, there are traditions of wanting to go get go beyond karma, beyond life and death, beyond samsara, or to have some higher... Um, realm within samsara the sutra says you should just maintain and protect the precepts if one if one desires liberation but does not maintain and protect them this is not yet the way of liberation therefore practice the perfection of the pure precepts so again it's not about getting something or getting some understanding, or knowing even what, what this is. It's practice protecting and maintaining this tradition of caring about our life, and caring about our world. So that's the that's the uh, excerpt from the Prajnaparamita Sutra. But then this uh, text is a commentary on, actually a commentary on Dogen's short a uh, Kyoju Kaiman text about the precepts. It's a commentary by a great teacher named Oka Sotan, who was one of the most important Soto Zen teachers in Japan, oh, around 1900. And I can say more about him, but <clears throat> he says, <clears throat> excuse me, this is from Oka Sotan, maintain and protect means to enter into the samadhi of nothing to be attained. The samadhi, the awareness, the subtleness of nothing to be attained, to maintain and protect that which has no maintenance or protection, and to bring about the salvation of all those who have not attained salvation. So that's the um, uh, flowing down the streams and, and, and uh, sharing one's awareness with the 10,000 beings. So Okasotan says, it is to save those who are not saved and suffer and are suffering to liberate those who are in agony and not in in agony and not liberated. It is to be in that state without eagerly or greedily seeking results. So to be in the Samadhi uh, of nothing is to be attained. There's nothing to attain. The heart sutra says this, there's no attainment and nothing to attain to be in that Samadhi. Uh, w- without eagerly or greedily seeking results, is the point. Okay, so it considers it is so beautiful without addictively seeking. It is not defiled, even without awakening. It means not to be deluded by the results of the attainment of awakening, not to stop in the place of great awakening. And even when one attains Buddhahood, there is still cultivation and realization. So one doesn't finish, one doesn't reach some attainment, one continues. Buddha continued to practice every day and to realize and awaken. So again, let me read that last. one Pablo, Uh So this is about the samadhi of nothing is to be attained. So it is is not defiled even without awakening. It means not to be diluted by the results of the attainment of awakening, not to stop in the place of great awakening. And even when when one does attain Buddhahood, there's still more cultivation and realization. In cultivation and realization, there's no defilement. Cultivation is undefiled, and realization is undefiled, and that is the great, the Mahana of the perfection of wisdom of the personal Paramita. So Dogen talks about this as, um, you know, um, uh, the 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 wind. Um, where is it? The wind blows into the depths and further winds blow. So the Buddha, the style of awakening, uh, goes into the depth and and goes further. So Dogen also talks about Buddha going beyond Buddha. So I was kind of delighted to um, see here see this text from the Prajnaparamita Sutra. Uh, this shows that this this tradition of going beyond Buddha goes way back it 's not something that just showed up in sotos and then as Brooks uh, Upman was talking about yesterday, of course it 's in Chantai and in basic Chinese Buddhism and Buddha nature teaching so this non not to attain, not to know um, you know I think in early American. Zen, there was this idea that we, you know, you have to get something. And maybe, again, this is just a human trait that we want want to get something. We want to get somewhere else. If you want to get somewhere else, then you're not really where you are. So how do we we understand this non-attainment? This is very important. This is the practical implication of um, all matter and all time include life. How do we enjoy our non-attainment? How do we uh, allow Buddha to go beyond Buddha? So I can say more about all this, but maybe um, we should just have some discussion. I'm interested in your reflections on this, your comments about this. Um, I'm gonna try and get back on screen. Can you still hear me? So, um, uh, well, I said I would say more about Okasotan. So let me do that first. Okasotan uh, is the last person I, I quoted. He lived around 1900. He's very important in modern Soto Zen history. He was a teacher of the three main teachers of the 20th century Japanese Soto. So this is a little arcane knowledge, but um, Kishizawa Iyan, who was one of Suzuki Roshi's teachers is one of the three Um, and he emphasized, uh, so these are three branches of 20th century's Japanese Soto Zen, they're not schools or anything, but they're just tendencies. And Kishizawa Iyan and Suzuki Roshi emphasize Zazen, but also study, Dharma study to help support Zazen. Uh, one of the other three teachers was Sawaki Kodo Roshi, very important teacher in 20th century Japanese Soto. Uh, he emphasized just Saza. So his disciple, Uchiyama Roshi, is my friend Shohaku Okamura's teacher. And the school just, you know, just Saza. Just Saza. And, and Uchiyama Roshi and Shohaku's sashins, there's no Dharma talks, there's no doksan, um, it's just Saza. Um, no service, anyway. And then the third is Hashimoto Echo. Um, so all three of them studied with Oka Sotan. Hashimoto Echo is uh, the branch of Soto Zen that Katagiri Roshi comes from. And uh, one of the aspects of that branch or tendency of 20th century Soto Zen is uh, performing... Uh, service performing ceremonies beautifully. Uh, really em- emphasizing. Of course, they do zazen too, but also uh, there's an emphasis on uh, performing ritual. So anyway, that's Okasotan, who I was quoting, is is was the teacher of all three of them. Anyway, um, and all three of them could be seen in a, as ways of non-attainment. We can see non-attainment in all three, but it's it's. I think it's a little difficult for us to think about, so, about zazen and not want to get something from it. <laughs> and, you know, there are benefits of zazen. I mean, you know, I, I see it in uh, people I, in Sangha who have been sitting for a while. Uh, I see it in myself. But that's not the point. Because there's always more. It's so non attaining means also not finishing, not being through, not being, you know, to keep, to keep going. There's further depths. Okay, I will uh, stop babbling and, and ask for your comments, questions, or responses. Please feel free. And Dylan, maybe you can help me call on people. So I, I might just add that the actual practice of not attaining and not knowing is to see the ways in which sometimes subtly we do want to get something. We do want to attain something or we do want to know something. We want to understand, you know, um, our sangha has a lot of people who are very bright, and intellectual. It's not necessary to be bright and intellectual to, to do this practice. But um, anyway. There's this this, uh, tendency to want to get something. So, comments. Jerry, hi.
3: Hi. Thank you for the talk. It's an interesting talk. I have a question about um, things that you want to accomplish, like, you know, I mean, building a Building a Zen center, or finding a new zendo, or figuring out how to preserve forms when we're online, or actions that are that you want to take maybe to to help the sangha. So I guess I'm thinking if if you're if you're acting in some way for whatever goal you want to, you have a goal. A you have a goal, and B you're going to have a plan and you're going to have some of your ego is going to be tied up in that plan. I mean, that's just how life works. So then you fall back on this non-attainment thing or, uh, sort of the whole emptiness thing. And, in that, Hey, that's a very hard thing to do. I think manage that, but what, what advice do you give to someone trying to do that? Someone trying to, you know, uh, act in a way that either helps or relieves suffering in some way.
2: Yes. Thank Where you. you have
3: to need some sort of a plan or some sort of a goal in
2: mind. Well, that's, a, that's a, you know, to have a plan or a goal, specific goal, um, you know, we can have aspirations. and I think. That's, that's an important part of our practice, our bodhisattva vow. One of the paramitas, transcendent practices of bodhisattvas is vow. So this non-attainment that I've been speaking of is not about not helping relieve suffering. It's not about uh, not caring. It's not about dullness and inaction. Um, but what is our attitude when we do want to, um, you know, develop a Sangha or uh, help help uh, encourage world peace or what, whatever aspiration you might have uh, to try and clarify the f- for, for the you know, to try and clarify the forms in the zendo, which is very complicated when we have online and in person zendos and. You know, so yeah, we do have things we want to uh accomplish. Can we do that in this spirit of non attainment, which means that we don't know the result, whatever we think we want to achieve uh it's not gonna it's even if we in some ways uh, something happens that is what we want that is is part of that, it's not gonna look the way we imagine it. Nothing ever happens exactly according to our expectations. So uh, I think what you're asking is a a really key question, Jerry. This this non-attainment does not mean not caring. It does not mean not working to relieve suffering and provide good. It does not mean not working to uh, share the practice and develop sanghas and forth or help who are suffering. But how do we do that in spirit? This is actually really subtle advanced practice. How do we take care of the things we we care about uh, without being stuck on some particular idea of some attainment? It's not that there's no attainment. There is attainment, of course. But, it's, but our idea of attainment is an obstruction. So how do we just open up to whatever the world presents us? So thank you. This is a deep question. I think Bryant had his hand up
4: thank you uh your response to jerry actually reformulated what i was going to say i was just going to drop a few quotes on the theme that you talked about of non-attainment um but it occurred to me that it's a helpful thing to consider that the word attain uh, synonymously also means to grasp or to hold on to and one of the fundamental if not the fundamental teachings of dharma is that suffering occurs when grasping occurs. So non-grasping, in Jerry's example, we can certainly plan a Zen center and we can certainly plan to ease the suffering of others. But if we're grasping and holding on to our ideas of how that can happen in the face of what reality presents, uh, you know, if if reality presents... um, an alternate set of circumstances than we were expecting, like you mentioned, expectations. If we grasp onto our expectations in the hope that we're going to grasp onto our image or idea of a final attainment, that's the road to suffering because reality never totally helps us according to what our idea of it is. And I think that leads directly to the Xinjiang Ming first... Couple of phrases. The great way is easy if you just don't attach to preferences. You know, let go of, of your preferences. You know, you can't, doesn't mean don't have preferences. You can plan a Zen center and try to help people. But if the people say, oh, we're not being helped in the way that you thought you were going to help us, but we'd rather be helped in this way, if you say, no, it has to be my way, <laughs> then suffering occurs and no one's helped. So.
2: Yes, thank you very much well said brian yes it's it's about non attainment is also about not trying to get a hold of something, not trying to fix something. That's the part about unfinished or not knowing that we don't know actually what's happening right, even in the middle of you know some activity where we are very competent, you know uh and we have skills and so forth. but reality is deeper than all of that. So yeah, if we hold on to some idea of what we want to attain, that's that gets gets in the way. So, uh, um, Okasipatan speaks about not addictively seeking.
1: Other comments. I'll make a comment. Yeah, Hugatsu. Sorry, Okatsu has her hand up. Yeah.
3: Um, In response to Jerry's uh, question, I just would like to offer that one very basic thing to suggest is that this all gets run through the sifter of the precepts. So when we're acting and have some kind of moving around in the world, that taking the time to kind of see how the alignment is. And I wouldn't say Get rid of grasping, but study it yes. from the with the heart of the precepts. And maybe that's a little bit tied in what you were referring to um, earlier when you were quoting, like maybe it was Oka Sotan or the great Prajnaparamita scripture.
2: Yes. Yes. So not attaining, not knowing means study, study the ways in which we have habits of wanting to attain and wanting to know. So to, so we, we have to see that we do, you know, want to attain things and that's okay. If we don't hold on to some, if we don't try and grasp onto something that we think is real. So, uh, how to navigate, um, the impermanence and inconceivability of, of everything in the world, thank you
1: I think Dylan has his hand up Hey Dylan Hi <clears throat> and
0: so how my question is how is attainment possible if if it's not possible to hang on to anything or like you know uh, or hold anything
2: well, yeah. Of course, but it it doesn't mean that because we can't hold on to it ultimately, it doesn't mean that there aren't um positive events in the world um you know we we um you know we had this wonderful zendo on Irving Park Road for whatever it was fourteen or fifteen years that's great. It was great that we had it, that we, some of us still remember it. Um, But, you know, we will, we will, you know, now we're at Ebenezer and we're working towards finding some place that's, you know, more, that has more of the, what we would like to have to be able to, to enact the forms and so forth. Uh, So that's, you know, so there's a, a wanting to attain something that I guess I'm involved with, but, what that's going to look like is not uh, something I can know and ha- you know, and, and everything is changing. So um, again, it it doesn't mean we don't work to help. It doesn't mean we don't um, care about the world and our activities in it and the, and the beings of the world, but how do we not, get stuck on some idea of getting a hold of something. It's, it's actually pretty subtle and difficult. And yet, that's our, that's, that's our practice. That's our life, that things happen, and we can enjoy them. We can enjoy our practice. We can enjoy being together. We can enjoy, uh, Juan Pablo, before you came, there was a tornado warning through Chicago Huge winds and roars of thunder uh, went away a little before we started, but um, uh, you know, we we don't know what's gonna happen. And still we uh, make some effort. We try and accomplish some things. So I think uh, Juan Pablo, did you have a good chat? Oh, you're having a bad connection. You wanted to ask, how can we relate or connect non-grasping with activism? Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, so um, I was thinking before when I was talking about how we do attain things, uh, we, uh, we do accomplish things, but they um, don't necessarily stay or last the way we think. So uh, I was thinking of the example of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement, and, which accomplished a lot. It, it accomplished the Voting Rights Act, and um, it didn't uh, necessarily, it certainly didn't end racism, and now we have this revival of white, white supremacy, and the voting rights are in, in great danger. So uh, there are shifts in time. And actually, we don't, you know, this this is part of what Brooke was talking about yesterday. We don't really know what's going on. Brooke was talking about, well, sort of talking about multiple universes or the complexity of this universe. And uh, so this not knowing means that um, what what seems to be happening is uh, not all that there is. So how do we respond to that? How do we respond to that each in our own way to help relieve suffering, to help uh, take care of beings who are being oppressed, to help um, worthy causes? I I think it's it's, but if you're if you're attached to some particular thing that you think is going to have has to be the result or if you're attached to some particular strategy or tactics or way of knowing about what that is, that's the problem so flexibility it's not attaining is about flexibility but also about persisting more winds come
1: buddha goes beyond buddha i
2: don't know if that if that responds uh, how are we doing, time-wise? Um, I think we have time for one or two more. Dylan, is there somebody with their hand up? Yeah, Bryant, I think has a response.
4: Oh, only okay. if no, only if no one else has, because I already made a comment earlier. But I could make a follow-up if no one else has a question. Okay. Seems so. Um, like. So on this on this thread, <clears throat> we're pursuing um, one. Uh, sort of oft quoted um, original from the original suttas, the Buddha was asked, "Can you sum up all of your dharma?" And in the Sanskrit response was "Sabda dhamma nalam abhinivasaya, which translates into "Nothing is no dharma's are suitable for grasping," which is his way of saying that all things are empty of inherent existence which leads into the bodhisattva ideal as traditionally presented, and this leads into activism and everything else regarding attainment. Bodhisattvas, having realized the emptiness of all things, realize that there is nothing ultimately that can ever be attained in any final sense. And yet, the compassion arises to continue making the effort, as you said, Taigen, uh, to save all beings and to end all delusions. And so... Anytime we have any idea, usually ideas have some finality inherent in them, like, oh, once we get this Zen center, then everything will be great. Or once we get this thing, everything will be great. And as soon as you rest anywhere in your conceptions of some sort of, okay, this will be the end of it, you've lost the whole idea of all conditioned things are impermanent, you know, that we have to keep making these efforts. Right. And so yeah. activism is is – and for a bodhisattva, means even though I know that there's no final resting place, that spurs me all the more in my compassionate activity.
2: One uh, part of what you said I want to question, which is the thing about ending all delusion.
4: Well, <laughs> in the bodhisattva vows, it's… it's, it's yeah, the...
2: well, it's, it's uh, literally to cut through delusion. Right. It's not ending them. So no, Dogen, no, Dogen talks about being in delusion throughout delusion. To see through. I paraphrased, I think. Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah the, the, the aspect of it I was trying to emphasize was the endlessness of it.
2: <laughs> right, right. I got it,
4: Brian. Yeah. But the po-
2: yeah. point I'm trying to make is that what the practice of this, so this is in some ways at least one aspect of the practice of what Brooke was talking about yesterday, is that we don't get caught. Right. By our ideas, we don't. It's it's not that we get rid of delusions, because that's like getting rid of, you know, <laughs>
4: well, they, we samsara.
2: Can. And we don't try right. and get rid of samsara. So, if I, right. if I may, so um, so to see through, to see how we are caught by our desire to grasp, to attain, to figure out, to calculate, to know. It's not that any of those things are bad, but when we Get addicted to it, as Oka Sotan says. When we get caught by it, then
4: now we're then, grasping.
2: Yeah. So how do we keep our balance? Right. And and continue to practice. To, more winds come. Buddha going beyond Buddha. So it doesn't mean we don't act in the world.
4: We keep fanning. <laughs> exactly. Yep.
2: So, any last uh, other other last comment? Anyone? Is anyone who's not spoken yet?
1: Well, in in AA, our uh, our third step uh, uh, reads: um, We made a made a
0: decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God. I don't use the masculine pronoun, but yeah, um, I, I think that that, that keys into uh, an elemental level with what we're talking about here and that um, it's okay to keep your will and it's okay to make plans and it's okay to engage in activity,
1: but the results are out of our hands. And, uh, right. and there's nothing to attain in a, in a on a, on a permanent basis.
2: Right. The impermanence is is permanent. <laughs> and, um, yeah, in the context of precepts, the precepts are about connection to Buddha. They're not, you know, do we return to Buddha? How do we return to... You know, uh, in AA, we talk, you know, as Joe is saying, uh, in the context of God. But, you know, we could talk about how do we return to awakening? How do we continue awakening? How do we, um, you know, act from there, but without getting caught in some idea of some particular attainment that is somewhere else? It's right here. It's always right here. How do we act right here to help suffering beings, to help provide joy? So maybe on that note, um, uh, we will not finish this talk or attain the end of non-attainment, but um, let's continue together, please. So uh, Dylan, will you do the Bodhisattva vows for us, please?
0: Well, I hope we'll do them together.
1: I'll, I'll just be the one that's heard, I think. But. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them.
0: Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them.
1: Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize
2: it. Oh, Tigan, you're still muted. Sorry. Can you put those four vows up again? Because uh, it, it occurred to me in terms of what we've been talking about to comment on uh, three or four of them. Uh, beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Um, one story about why uh, the Bodhisattva Kanon, uh, Valakiteshvara, has 11 heads is that uh, she freed all beings and then she looked back and there were more beings uh, entering <laughs> samsara and she, her head broke apart in grief. And this happened 11 times before Meena Buddha said, oh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> um, delusions are inexhaustible, I've got to end them. It's not that we end delusions. Actually, literally, it's I vow to cut through. We don't get caught by delusions. We we actually enter delusions and are willing to be in the world of delusion, but we see through it. We don't get caught by it, or we, or we vow to not get caught by it. Dark are boundless. I vow to enter them, and we have to continue to enter them. It's not, it doesn't happen one time, and Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it, but again, that realization is not something that we do once and then we're finished. This is this ongoing realization and openness of non-attainment. So thank you, Dylan.